0: Well, good morning, church family. Here we are at another Wednesday uh, devotional time. Uh, It is November 11th, uh, 2020. Uh, We find that on our calendar it's uh, Veterans Day. Uh, And we do want to remember our veterans as they have served our country to fight for the freedom that we enjoy as Americans in this great country. Uh, And as we seek to realize that we are also first and foremost citizens uh, of uh, the kingdom of heaven, uh, we want to spend some time in the Word of God today to sharpen uh, our, our minds and give us the, the added artillery that we need in order to face the challenges that can come with everyday life. And so before we open up and, and take a look at part two uh, of Psalm 119, 81 through 88, uh, the section entitled Calf uh, in your Bibles, uh, it, it is uh, entitled God's Word Comforts the Exhausted Soul. So let's begin in a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we do thank you for this day, and Lord, as we again open your word, as we uh, realize just how much comfort can come to the exhausted soul of of one who uh, goes and digs deeper into your word, I ask that that would be a truth that will transform our minds uh, to finish out this week, uh, all for your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and read our, our full text once more as we uh, seek to Uh, understand where we are uh, as we begin uh, as in verse 81 of Psalm 119. It says, My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth. But I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Well, today we're going to finish out this section as we take a look at verses 85 uh, and following. So that first verse there, 85, uh, in our section for today uh, speaks to the fact that the insolent have dug pitfalls for me, uh, be, and they do not live according to uh, your law, to, according to God's word. So let me begin by asking a question uh, today. Do you ever feel like you're at the mercy of, of the very people or circumstances you dislike? I think a lot of times we do find ourselves in that situation. Uh, you know, as you, you drive around, and, and I don't notice it quite as much here in, in Connecticut, but I've lived in Chicago, uh, and there are uh, potholes in Chicago large enough to engulf cars. Uh, and sometimes you, you don't even see them because you're following someone, and if it's a new road that you're going down, you, you can uh, all of a sudden drive your car through an unexpected pothole. Uh, and what happens when, that, when that's the case? Well, after the initial shock uh, and and what startles you, all of a sudden you begin to think, oh my goodness, did I do some damage to my car? Is my tire going flat? Uh, But the fact is, is that that unexpected pothole does catch you off guard. Uh, Well, here in the text it talks about the insolent have dug pitfalls for me. And, you know, the idea being here of a, a pitfall or an animal pit. Uh, And an animal pit is meant to catch the animal unaware and off-guarded as they're either running through the the jungle. Uh, Sometimes uh, holes are just there in the open uh, and they just are running and all of a sudden find themselves at the bottom of the pit. Sometimes those pits have things over them to disguise them so that you can't see the pit underneath and the the danger that lies uh, as you are running across Uh, ground where uh, the animal is not going to be able to see it before it's too late. Well, see, the thing is, is that as we take a look at um, the pitfalls that we can put forth in order to catch an animal, uh, the fact is, is that sometimes uh, people are so brandish in their their livelihood as they look to seek to cause a Christian to fall, that they will lay in their paths pitfalls, things that uh, will be there to be a snare or a stumbling block. And you'll notice from the text, it says that they do not live according to your law. Well, that's no surprise, uh, because we know that those that uh, do not know the Lord, those who do not have a fear or a respect for the Lord, those who have not repented of their sins, are spiritually dead. And therefore, the law of God, uh, even though it's written on their hearts, is something that they, they do not like. Uh, and so they, therefore, do not honor God as God. Uh, they don't believe anything other than the law that they have created for themselves. Uh, and with each person, that can vary. Uh, and so they're all, it's all about them. It's all about what they can get out of it. And so as they seek to put these pitfalls, it's all for the purpose of lifting themselves up uh, in order to tear down those who, to, that do honor God as God. But the thing is, too, is that we, we look at this through the lens of uh, an unbeliever to a believer, is that we have to be careful as well because we can be a stumbling block, or a snare, uh, or a pitfall to other believers, as believers ourselves. Uh, and so as we uh, do not seek to live according to God's law, or in other words, we choose to disobey, or even in our, as we talked about last time, where we, we just openly uh, live in a sinful situation, uh, we too are uh, those that can become those pitfalls Uh, We can be a stumbling block to our brothers because of uh, maybe the the Christian liberty that we see and we enjoy uh, as uh, things that we can do does not mean that they are things that we should do. And so we have to be careful that we don't become like the very things that the psalmist is pointing out. Uh, It's something that exhausts him because they just don't give up. They're so uh, insolent in wanting to dig these uh, pitfalls because they love to see the the, uh, psalmist stumble and fall to be caught in that pit when he goes on in verse 86 to say all your commandments are sure they persecute me with uh, falsehood help me is it important that god and his word are faithful or sure i think it's a common sense question Uh, But the truth is, is that if we we don't see God's word as faithful or sure, if we don't see God himself as faithful or sure, then that's going to, to change how we engage life. That's going to change how we respond to stimuli. It's going to change how we face persecution when it comes. Because if we don't believe that the God who we serve is faithful and sure, then that is going to have a direct impact on how we respond to persecution. For some, it will mean that they will just fall away. Some, when persecution comes, uh, deny uh, the Lord and His ways. Some, when persecution comes, shows that they never really truly knew the Lord to begin with. But listen to what the Scriptures say uh, in 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. If we are faithless, He, God, remains faithful. Why? Because God cannot deny himself. See, faithfulness is who God is. It's one of his attributes. And nothing changes that. Man does not. Time does not. uh, Our circumstances do not. Uh, And God will be nothing less than the faithful God who he is. Psalm 33 verse 4 says, For the uh, word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. So there's no clarifier here. There's no exception clause here. God's work, all of it, is done in faithfulness because it is all done by the God who is faithful. the thing is, we need to to be reminded of these things. These are the, the truths that we cannot forget because the fact is persecution will come. The fact is people will say things that are not true about us. The fact is, we will find ourselves in positions where we will need the Lord's help. We will need help, and the question is, where will we go? Will we go to something that is unsure or unfaithful? Sometimes we do. But the truth is, is we can always take surety in the fact that all God's commandments are sure. Sure. Listen to what it says in Second Thessalonians 3, verses 1 to 3. It says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. So again, as, the, uh, as uh, Paul is saying here to the church at Thessalonica, he says, you know, pray for us so that the word of the Lord, God's word, which is eternal, may speed ahead of them and be honored. So in other words... May the word of God go forth with power. May it continue to do that great work of changing lives for eternity. It says in verse 2 of 2 Thessalonians 3, And that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. See, the thing is, you're going to run into people who do not believe in Jesus Christ. That's not a shocker. But the thing is, is how do you respond to that? What do you believe when it comes to that crucial moment when you found yourself on the receiving end? Verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. So Paul wanted to encourage the church there, and the psalmist wants you to understand that something you can hold on to, grab hold of, something that is established, something that will guard you against evil, the evil one, those who seek to do evil, that will guard you against falsehood, that will guard you against being unfaithful and unsure, is the God who is faithful. And see, the psalmist is calling on God to be God, to be the God that he knows he is. You know, God's not going to do anything less than that, but you'll notice that he says, help me. You know this is a sign of, of you know for some some will say well not being able to handle this on your own is a sign of weakness but this is the greatest sign of strength that a believer can have help me Lord because what we're acknowledging is what is true about God we are calling on God to be the God of, that is the faithful one of all the one whose commandments are, are sure the one whose law does not change that is eternal. It reminds me of what it says in Psalm uh, 121. Uh, And I'm I'm actually going to read all eight verses. Listen listen to it in light of uh, this, this plea for help. He says, I lifted up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He will keep you See, what the psalmist here in Psalm uh, 121 is acknowledging is the fact that God is our keeper. That if you want to know where the best help comes from, then all you need to do is to look up, to lift your eyes to the hills to see where your help comes from. It comes from the Lord, the one who is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the one who will not let your foot be moved. He will keep you because he does not slumber. This is what the psalmist needed to hear. This is what the psalmist knew in relation to God. That's why he's calling out for help. It's not just a a call out for help out of desperation. This is a son coming to his father saying, Father, help me. Keep me from the evil that is all around me. Don't let me go where I shouldn't because I know you have me from this time forth and forevermore. Well, let's move on to verse 87, because the psalmist goes on and says, they have almost made an end of me on the earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. See, we have to remember the God who keeps his feet from falling. Psalm fifty-six, thirteen. for I You have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Psalm 118, verses 13 and 14 says, I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Almost. You know, sometimes it feels as though we are almost at the point of break, where we're going to be snapped if one more thing comes upon us. It seems as though everything else around us is falling apart, and it, it, just one more thing, Lord. If one more thing comes, that's going to be the end of me. Well, see, the thing is, that is limiting the God who is almighty. That is saying that God does not and cannot or is unable to help us even when we feel as though we're at that breaking point point. and you'll notice he says but I have not forsaken your precepts you know what are some things that can cause us to forsake the Word of God to deny the truth about who God is well the easiest one on the top of that list would be sin itself because sin takes our focus off of God and puts our focus on us on ourselves Something else that can cause us to forsake the Word of God is compromise, where we're not willing to stand on the truth, where we're not willing to be lights in darkness and salt uh, in a decaying world. It can be intellect, where our minds, uh, as keen as they can be, can get in the way of us seeing the plain, simple truth about who God is. Something else that can cause us to forsake the Word of God is distractions, things that cause us to take our eyes off of the prize, off of the goal of finishing the race that God has called us to to run. Or as the psalmist has has realized, something else that can cause us to forsake the word of God is persecution itself. That we are being persecuted because of our faith in Jesus Christ. We're being persecuted because we stand on the truth of the word of God. Because we see that as we look at our culture today, that uh, life is precious because God is the one who makes all life that there is a reason why uh, we should uh, be productive and not be lazy and be receiving from everyone else, but instead standing on that which is true. Many things can come into that play, uh, but the fact is, is we should, like the psalmist, not forsake God's word. Because we know, as it says in Philippians 1.6, with surety as Paul says these words. He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So yes, sometimes it may feel as though we're almost at the end of our life here on earth. But know this, that until God's done with us, it doesn't matter if we think we're almost at the end or if really It's just a point and an opportunity for us to remember the God uh, that made us and the God of his word. Then finally, in verse 88, it says, In your steadfast love give me life, that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. In your steadfast love give me life. Here again is that word we get uh, that speaks about revival. Listen to what Spurgeon says. He says, if we are revived in our own personal piety, we shall be out of the reach of our assailants. Our best protection from tempters and persecutors is more life. So the prayer of the psalmist to say that in your steadfast love, in your faithful love, give me life. Revive me. As the song says, Consider my affliction and please deliver me. Plead my cause and redeem me. Salvation is not for the wicked, for they don't seek your word. Great are your tender mercies, Lord. You give me understanding according to your word. Great peace for those who seek your face. I long for salvation. My lips shall praise your name. I rejoice in the treasure of your keep. For all my ways are before you. I let your hand become my help. My soul longs and adores you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. The chorus, revive me according to your loving kindness. Revive me that I may seek your word. Revive me according to your loving kindness. Revive me, O Lord that is the prayer of the psalmist, then this should be the prayer of every believer today. Because we all need reviving. We need reviving from sin. We need reviving from compromise. We need reviving from our own uh, intelligence. We need reviving from the distractions that can come into our lives each and every day. We need reviving to see that the persecution that we must experience as believers in Jesus Christ gives testimony to the fact that we have life. And even though man may seek to take this life, God's got us. And then the psalmist says that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. See, revival so that I may keep your testimonies. Testimonies, as you remember, are witnesses of conduct or a witness of conduct. And so what is the conduct here? Well, the conduct is living according to God's law. What is the conduct or witness of conduct here? That your commandments are sure. That I have not forsaken your precepts. That I may keep the testimonies of whose mouth? Not the mouths of men. Not the mouths of those who say they are smart and intelligent but from the mouth of the one who is perfect and without error, God the Father himself. So may these words of Psalm 119, 81 through 88, help you to see that God's word alone brings comfort to the exhausted soul. Let's bow for a prayer. And Father, we want to close out our time today, Lord, by remembering the truth of your word that we would not forsake your word, that we wouldn't allow the things of this world to come between us and your word, because your word is your revelation to us, it is your love letter to us, so that we uh, can know who you are, for us to know that we are not alone, that you are with us through everything, that even though it may seem as though we have almost uh, been made an end because of the things that we find ourselves facing, that even if it is the end, It's not truly the end, because we are eternal because of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we have eternal life, and that even though this earthly life may end, uh, we are stepping into eternity itself. May you guide us, may you direct us, may you revive us, Lord, according to your loving kindness, so that we may seek your word and to know what your loving kindness looks like. We pray these things in Jesus' name amen. Well, thank you, church family, for joining us today, and trust that these words of comfort will be an encouragement to your exhausted soul.